guys here. Uh, we're going to be over in Matthew chapter 3 this morning, Matthew chapter 3. Um, we're going to, again, we're going to look at fathers. I think it's uh, pretty fitting. Happy birthday, Mike. Big 6-0. Congratulations. <laughs> but I uh, hope everybody had a good week. It's, uh, I think we're going to keep rolling like this. Everything's looking good here at the, at the church um, in Avery County so far. Uh, they brought too many cases up here with them yet, I don't think. Um, but we'll keep doing this and um, just keep praying that the Lord would protect this county. I know it's uh, lower numbers right now, but just pray, Lord, keep protecting us and, and keeping that away from here so we can keep doing this on days and hopefully be able to uh, to open up just a little bit more and go back into our Wednesday nights and, and our Sunday school here, hopefully. Um, but just keep praying and just keep, he's, he's protected us this far, so I, I think he's going to keep doing it. But we're going to be over again, Matthew chapter 3. Um, we've got a, a few little prayer requests, I guess I better go over real fast. Um, um, one of them was Judy's sister. Does anybody, is she back home? Does anybody know? Is she still at the hospital? I'm not quite sure. Um, I know Barbara had messaged me and said that she had to go get her son from Nashville today, so they're not here. But uh, I know Judy's sister was in the hospital, so pray for them. Uh, Madison starts her new job tomorrow with state, so pray for that. Um, somebody, Mike knew me. Mike's talking, and uh, I had to. It took me forever to confirm this, but that uh, uh, Lee Hamilton, he worked over at uh, New River Building Supply, was killed in a car wreck the other day over in Boone. But uh, he's fairly well known. He's from Ash County, but he's fairly well known over my way because of where he worked at New River. Everybody bought lumber, knew him. He had to go through Lee to get out. So uh, pray for that family. He had a son. I want to say he's 15, 16-ish. He had a young son. I know he plays uh, football for the high school. So pray for that family as well. And then uh, our neighbor, actually the the boy that set me and Maria up on our first blind date, uh, their house burnt uh, Wednesday morning. So be in prayer for the Hickses. They have to fight with insurance. Uh, they've got a son that's 14, 12. Is he 12 or 13? 12. And then one due in two months. So, got a lot going on over there. So, just pray for the Hicks family as they get back on their feet. Well, today we're going to pause for just a moment. And as we pause, we're going to pause and we're going to think about fathers. We're going to think about fathers that are still here. And we're going to think about fathers that have gone on. We all have grandparents or even a father that has gone on before us and uh, tend to, and it's really, it comes home to me right now having lost a, a, a grandpa that was really really close to me um, you tend to find you find yourself going back and kind of grieving a little bit but then you also find yourself rejoicing a little bit as well and those that we had in our lives that we may have lost but then we tend to rejoice a little bit more because we still have some with us. and it's not just our fathers and grandfathers but a lot of us look back in our lives and and, and reflect back on the men that are in our lives especially the uh, uh, the younger generation coming up, we need to be looking back and looking at the, the older generation that's still here and, uh, and, and taking note. Um, they've lived through a lot, and they've seen a lot, especially in our churches, and we need to uh, be picking their brain. You know, one of the things that I, I always uh, think back on is uh, I took my great-grandpa for granted. He died when he was 101. And I wish now, looking back, that all the time that I spent up there with him and, and the stories that he would tell, the G-rated ones, that I would have wrote those down and, and taken note and, and, 
that that would have been an awesome book. Uh, somebody to be born when he was born and live through the wars that he lived through and the hard times and, uh, you know, the famine and the farming and all that he went through. I wish I'd have wrote it down. But now all I've got is my mind, and it ain't the best in the world anymore. And so I, I, I find myself reflecting sometimes on some funny stories that he might have told me. But uh, So for all of us that are here today, especially the men, if you've got somebody in your life that's, uh, that you look up to and, and admire, uh, take the time to remember and, and pick their brains the best that you can so that they will help you. Uh, their, their guidance will help you along life's roads. Now, I love Father's Day, and, and the uh, illustration book that I have at home where I get a lot of my little funny stories is chock full of Father's Day things. So I've got several that I'm going to read you today to try to to help put the point across about Father's Day and uh, what we need to be, uh, how we need to be uh, honoring our fathers. But one of these was this. said, uh, a small boy defined Father's Day as, it's just like Mother's Day, only you don't spend as much on a gift. So (laughs) he's right. But on a more serious note, another one wrote this. He said, another son wrote to his dad, and he said, dear dad, please let me hear from you more often, even if it's only five or ten minutes. You know, that one kind of hits home. Only if it's five or ten minutes, we, we take for granted uh, the time that we have with our, our dads. So the more time we get to spend with them, even if it's on the phone or um, however it is, we need to be doing that. So there was a comedian. This is the last one I read for a while. The comedian said this. He said, now that my father is a grandfather, he just can't wait to give money to my kids. But when I was a kid and I asked him for 50 cent, he would tell me his life story, how he got up at 5 a.m. when he was 70 years old and walked 23 miles to milk 90 cows and the farmer had no bucket, so he had to squirt milk in his hand and then walk eight miles to the nearest can. All that for five cents. The result was I never got my 50 cents. <laughs> so we hear those stories. I love to hear those stories about walking, you know, uphill both ways to school and snow. I'll, you know, the same stuff. But one of the most powerful forces, I guess, in, in this world right now uh, that shapes our lives and make us who we are is our dad's. I, I catch myself now because I have so many friends that have children now. I catch myself noticing uh, little traits that their kids have that their parents had when we were growing up. One of them, Dustin and Jacob. So I've been up there with them the past couple of days. Their house is the one that, that burnt, and the boys' names are Dustin and Jacob. And uh, I, believe, I believe it's Dustin that sounds so much like Bobby, and Jacob sounds a lot like his mama. And you start catching these traits and and the way that they they talk and they act and i see a lot more in paisley than i do in abby of myself it's her quick wit and her humor that she gets from me that's right i have quick quit and I, I have some humor in me abby does not abby's a stick in the mud most of the time so she gets that from her mama <laughs> <laughs> Or a really bad beat in one of the two, but our being a dad, it's it's a it's a task that's underappreciated most time and it's underestimated. And I know that that mothers have a, a lot on them. I understand that, but fathers have a lot on them too because we have uh, we have a, a responsibility, a biblical responsibility, to lead our house, lead our home, lead our children, uh, be the breadwinner for our family, be the provider for our families. Uh, that's what the Bible says, and I know we don't see it a lot here lately. I think the world is getting way, way far away from the Bible, but that's what we're supposed to do is to be that provider, be that breadwinner, be the man of the house, be the head of that house is what we're called to be. And, and it's, um, it's a 
chore, it's a task. And if you've ever been uh, in a situation where you may have lost your job or maybe losing your job or where, uh, you know, if, if your, your income is the only income coming in, and when that hits, you feel awful because it is your responsibility to provide back for your family. And so we have, uh, we have uh, a responsibility that's underestimated a lot of times in this world that, uh, that needs to be recognized some. It's an impossible task that can only be done through, me, me and Nat was talking about this this morning, it can only be done by the grace of God and the strength of God. To be a dad, it takes God's strength and God's, and God's grace, and it takes a lot of grace, don't that, <laughs> to do what, what a dad does and to be a good dad. In the Bible, there's a lot of examples of godly men and dads, but this morning I'm only going to focus on one, just one this morning. That's it, and I'm going to surprise you, but you didn't see this coming. He's the first in the Trinity, God the Father. I can't think of a better way to talk about Father's Day and to honor fathers than to preach on God the Father because he is the example for each one of us. God the Father. If you've got your Bibles open to Matthew 3, we'll be in verse 13 through 17. Matthew, can you stand with me? Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Love this verse. Absolutely love this right here. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan to John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened, up, opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Now listen to this verse. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we open up this service, Lord, I pray that, uh, God, I pray we just honor you today. God, I pray that as we preach your word, Father, your, your name would be exalted. Lord, I pray that whatever comes out of my lips and off of my tongue, Lord, would just honor you and please you. Father, I pray that whatever comes out of the hearts of those that are here, Father, that it does the exact same thing. It pre, uh, pl- pleases you, Lord, and it honors you, Lord, and it glorifies you. Father, we're... we're we're unable to do anything on our own here this morning. God, and I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for it dwelling in each one of us. God, and I pray uh, this morning, as, uh, again, as we come to your house and we worship you, God, that uh, it's just a, it would just honor you. God, I thank you for this week. I thank you for where you're, you continue to provide and protect. Lord, I thank you. As we said a while ago, Lord, we thank you for that grace. And Lord, as, uh, as this being Father's Day, Lord, I pray that you would just bless each man that's here. Uh, Lord, I pray that the Give them a day of rest, Lord, and a day to reflect back on where you have blessed them, Lord, with their families and with so many people in their lives. Love you and we praise you. I'll listen to your son's name we pray. Amen. And you have a seat. So really going to be focusing this morning on verse 17. Now listen to it again. It says, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. So that, there's a lot right there. And we're going to look at three different, three different things, three different values from just that one little verse right there that it really applies to the men. It applies to that. It applies to all the men. I don't care if you've got youngins or not. It's, at some point, you may. And I want you to take note of this, and I want you to remember this, that we need to model our lives as men uh, around God. I, there's so many men in the Bible that we could model our lives from, but God is the Father. 
And that's where we need to be modeling in the way that he treated his son and the way that he loved his son and the things that he done for his son and provided for his son, for his children, for what he's doing for his children, which is us right now. We need to remember this. We need to remember the provisions and how he sustains his children daily, constantly. And we got we have to remember that. So we need to be the same way as men. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So we're going to look at uh, three values this morning for the perfect father. And the first one is the value of ownership. Ownership. Now, this is probably not the best time to be talking about ownership because people tend to lay or relate ownership to slavery. And that is not what this is talking about. This is the furthest thing from slavery. All right, ownership. What ownership right here is talking about is pride and love. Pride and love. Proud of his son. He loved his son. I am proud of my daughters. I love my daughters. I believe every parent here this morning can say the same thing. I'm proud of my child. I love my child. I'm taking ownership in that pride. I'm taking ownership in that love that we have for our children. I'm okay with that. I want that. I want people to know that I'm proud of my kids and I love my kids and I'm not ashamed of it. I want the world to, to see that because maybe just maybe there might be a deadbeat dad out there that can see how much fun I have with my children and how much joy and pleasure I find in my children that he might turn his life around. Because Lord knows right now we have a bunch of those dads that need uh, a, good, uh, a good mentor. They need a good butt whooping is what they need. But there's a bunch of them dads around right now that, that honestly they just need Jesus. They just need a good dose of the Holy Spirit to get inside of them, get them worked up, turn their lives around, and start loving on them youngins like they're supposed to be loving on them youngins. That's what they need. We've got to pray. We've got a lot of praying to do. I, I, I know there's areas in this county, in my county, and everywhere else around the world, there's just little pockets there of, of men and women that are parents that they ain't moms and dads. They might be mothers and fathers, but they ain't moms and dads. And they need, they need Jesus, and they need to get turned around. We'll get back on pride and love right here. At the baptism, the father yelled out his love for his son. What did he say? He said, this is my beloved son. I love that. He said, this is my beloved son. He claimed him. It's mine. That's mine. Watching Abby play ball. Love to watch her play ball. Love it. What was Darren called you pop fly Abby? I loved it. She catching pop flies in the outfield, and I love to sit in that crowd and say, "That's my daughter. That's mine. She is mine. Nothing thrills my heart anymore than to get a picture from my dad of, of Paisley holding her fish. And what do I do? I show that to everybody. This is my daughter catching this fish. I love it. As a parent, we take pride in what they do and how they act, and especially when they're taken back after their parents. You love that, and you want the world to know. God said, this is my beloved son. It wasn't just, this is my beloved son. It says the heavens opened up, and he shouted, he yelled, he proclaimed, this is my son. We have to do that. Anytime your child does something that's great, you... you you need to express that and show that love, and you tell the world, this is my child, and I am well pleased. This is my son. This is my daughter, and I am well pleased. 
And one of the biggest moments in Jesus' new ministry, what happened? The Father showed up. This is a huge moment in Jesus' life right here. He's getting baptized. And what did he do? God showed up. Moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas here this morning, you need to show up. At these big moments in your child or your grandchild's life, you got to show up. You got to be there. You got to support them. You got to know. They got to know that you love them and that you're sacrificing. Now, they won't know this for a long, long time, until usually until they become a parent. But they don't realize the sacrifices that you have to make to take off work, to find coverage so that you can leave or to do whatever it takes to get there. There's sacrifices we make as parents so that we can be there for the little moment. What, what they see as a small moment in their life, we see as a big moment in their life. And we sacrifice. I look back now and see sacrifices that my parents and my grandparents made so that they could be a part of my life. I'll never forget when I was in elementary school at the Old Cove Creek School. I had a little fast beagle cross thing. I don't know what it was. It was a mutt. what it was. Her name, <laughs> I was trying to think. Her, I can't remember the dog's name now. Brownie. Her name was Brownie. A little old dog, I worked with that dog and worked with that dog because we was going to have a talent show at Cove Creek School one time. I think I was in third or fourth grade. And I worked with that dog, and all I wanted that dog jump through this hoop. I had a hula hoop, and I worked with that dog to jump through that hoop. But then the, it didn't dawn on me that that dog was in Blackberry, and I went to Cove Creek. That dog was on the other side of Blowing Rock, and I was in Vilas. I didn't realize, I didn't think about that till the day of. How am I going to get my dog to school? My grandpa sacrificed a day. Took off work. He's a crane operator. There's a lot of people dependent on that man to work. For however, 50-some years, he ran that crane. But he took off work to bring me a dog that refused to jump through that hula hoop in front of that crowd. <laughs> but he sacrificed. And it didn't dawn on me until a long, long time after that what we go through as adults so that we can be in that child's life. Show up. Show up. Be there. Be there. i tell you this. When I worked at Samaritan's Purse, all I wanted to do was work for North American Ministry. That's all I wanted to do. They had the cool job. They went to the, the, the tornadoes and the floods and the hurricanes here in the U.S., and all they done was they went, they partnered with the churches, they partnered with the pastors, and they done disaster relief. Well, that's the coolest job in the world. I want to do that. Four positions came up. I applied. I interviewed. VP told me. He said, you got the job. He said, I got a question for you. He said, do you love your family? I said, that's a stupid question. Yeah, I love my family. He said, do you like going to birthday parties? I said, yeah, I like my birthday parties. He said, do you like going to church with them? I said, absolutely love going to church with them. He said, you take this job. You can't do that. He said, so the job is yours, but do you want to sacrifice missing all these little things in your family's life so that you can be on the road for three or four months out of a year? I said, nope, I don't. Done that twice, actually. Luther Harrison. I respect that man. Do you remember Luther? Jerry? I respect that man for that. He didn't want me to lose a lot of first with them two. And I didn't. Because he was honest with me. Dads, show up. They need you to proclaim to all who can hear, this is my son, this is my daughter. Scream it, yell it. If you're one of those parents that their kids are involved in 
uh, sports. I'm not going to tell you to be that parent <laughs> because we all know that parent. <laughs> but at least get a little bit excited when they make it to first base or they catch that pop fly or they hit the first run. Be that parent. Tell them that's mine. But show up for them. Could do like I do Abby. I done I done this to Abby not too long ago in, in Old Blue. That old blue truck I got that she hates so bad. It's so embarrassing. I took her up to the school and dropped her off and she opened the door to get out and I said, Bye Abby Cole so everybody could hear it and look over there at her. Yep, she loves that truck. No, she don't. <laughs> we need to be visibly present in all things big and little in the events of our child. Guys, I don't care if you're young and it's three or 13 or 33, be there. You need to show up. Be that parent. Be that dad. Be that father. Show up. Be a part of that life. Take interest in what they like. I want to read this. This is one of those illustrations I was telling you about. And it actually... It, it, it hits home for a lot of people. I know it says, In an eastern city, and a prominent, a prominent man became greatly concerned about his son and, uh, and cons- consequently went to the boy's school principal and asked for su- suggestions. The principal gave this reply. He said, Resign from the presidency of the Chamber of Commerce that you're at. Leave that position to someone whose family has grown up and is not in such a great need of fatherly attention as is your boy. Your first duty during the next five years after providing the necessities of life for your family is at home with your boy. You should help him with his lessons. You should interest him in your business. And you should uh, become his comrade and his friend. By giving the same amount of time and attention to your boy that you now give to the Chamber of Commerce, you will save your boy and also probably be the means of doing just as much good for your city. Sometimes we let our jobs overshadow our families. I did, didn't I? Be careful. You might love your job. You might love what you're doing and the people that you're around. But a lot of times you get so ingrained in it, you forget about what's the most important thing, your family. Don't do that. Don't do that. Never put your job before your family. And that's what this man ended up having to do was he stepped down from a great position so that his son would have a father. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's a good man right there. Step down. Did you know if you died tomorrow, the company you're working for could probably replace you in just a few days? I've always been told that your, uh, your job will be posted before your obituary for a lot of people. And I could see that in a lot of positions. Your job would be posted before your obituary is. Think about Number two, the second value is to visibly show love. To visibly show love. And that's hard for a lot of people. That's, a, that's hard for men. Women, not so much. But men, yeah, that's hard. It took my dad years before he actually showed love the way that he shows love now. And you know what it took? A granddaughter. It took Abby. Changed my dad's life forever in a good way. He was a great man before that. He's a better man now because of Abby and the way he shows his love now. I like it. I like I like seeing my dad emotional. I like hearing my dad say I love you because that's something that he never got to hear growing up. 
But that's something I always got to hear. And that's something that they'll always get to hear. Always hang on to that. Show them that love. Show them. A godly father can't only show up, but he should visibly communicate that his sons and daughters are loved. I love you. That's hard. That's a hard few words to say right there. I love you. A lot of times we can't get it off the tip of our tongues. And it's hard to show it for a man. But here at the baptism, Father proudly proclaims his love over his son. What does he say? This is my beloved son. I love my son. This is my beloved son. Again, he's proud. He's got love for him. This is my beloved son. I love him. Heavens open up and love rains down. I love my son. Beloved son. As men, we come in all shapes and sizes, and we have to com- communicate our love the same way in different shapes and sizes. No matter how we communicate it, we've got to let them know that we love them. We got, they need to feel it. They've got to absorb it. They've got to grasp a hold of that love, and they've got to know that we really do love them. It's hard to do sometimes. I've told you all this before about my dad when, pa- or when Abby was born. We were sitting there, just me and him. Looking in that window, staring at that baby, staring at Abby. And first words out of his mouth, he said, you know, you're going to have to whip her sometime. That's what my dad said to me. You're going to have to whip her sometime. <laughs> I just kind of laughed a little bit, and he said, but when you do it, do it out of love. Never do it out of anger. Boy, that stuck with me. That still sticks with me. You're going to have to whip her, but do it out of love. Think about it. Now, some of y'all may have read this book. I've never read it, but I know a little bit about it. Gary Chapman wrote, wrote a book about the five love languages. It's a way that we feel loved, and there's five of them, and it's physical touch, acts of service, gifts, words of affirmation, and quality time. As dads, it's important to learn our kids' love language. If I read books, I'd have probably read that one. I can't stand to read but I'll hit the highlights. So I got to thinking about these five love languages right here and how they visibly receive and embrace, how our kids visibly uh, receive and embrace that love. And I got to thinking about my girls last night. What are their love languages? Abby's was, a, I knew it right off the bat. And Abby's is, her love language is gifts. Right? You give that girl a pair of shoes and she'll love you forever. That's her love language is gifts. Paisley's is not. She could care less. Give her a cardboard box, she might be happy, but she does, she's not into the frou-frou girly things. Give her some dirt, maybe some mud and a bucket of worms, and she's happy. But it's not the gifts. Paisley's is different. Hers is quality time. I'd say I'm right on that, ain't I? It's always Mommy or daddy, come here. Mommy or daddy, see this. Mommy or daddy, mommy or daddy, mommy or daddy. If it ain't 50 times a day, I ain't standing here. It's quality time. We all have our own love languages. One's gifts, one's quality time. What are they? Do you know your child's love language? Think about that. That's pretty important. And it didn't dawn on me till last night what the girls were. I never really thought about it. Quality time and gifts. Learn your children. Learn what is important to them. Now, the third one, last one. Final value is 
to be a godly example. This is the important one to me. Be a godly example. If you sit and you think just a minute, who's been a godly example in my life? I guarantee you, you're going to come up with somebody really, really fast. Somebody that either was here at the church, close family member. But who was that God? There's usually one that really stands out in your life. Who's that one, that godly example? I can say, not because it's Father's Day, but I can actually say mine is my dad. Y'all's might be the same thing. Maybe a grandparent, maybe a cousin. But you have those godly figures in your life, those those role models, those examples in your life that, man, you you start picking up their traits and you start being a lot like them and you start thinking like them, you start acting like them. Maria hadn't told me yet that I started acting like my dad. I don't think. Not yet. The only, the only trait I got so far is my hairline thing going on here. That's it. Dads, it's our job to instruct, direct, and teach our children. We do that some through direct teaching, telling them right then, don't do this, don't do that, but you got to do this. You got to be careful. We can do it directly, but most of the time it's indirectly. Those little lies are always watching us. Ain't you, Travis? <laughs> I guarantee you, Ethan is locked on, and it won't be long she'll be locked on. They're watching us indirectly. That little song, careful little eyes, what you see. Careful little ears, what you hear. Careful little mouth, what you say. Yeah, I know that whoever wrote that song had kids. You got to be careful. They're going to slip up and say things they shouldn't. I know mine do every now and then. But unfortunately, it's because I've said it. <laughs> and they're repeating after me. We got to be careful with it. It's our example. Now, there's a study that I was reading about this week. Study says if both the mom and the dad attend church regularly, 72% of the children remain faithful to the church. I think that's, that's pretty good. But here it kind of goes downhill. It says if only the dad attends, then 55% remain faithful. If only the mom attends regularly, 15% remain faithful. If neither mom or dad attends, only 6% remain faithful to the church. So dads, look at that number. If you lead out and you personally connect your children to church, there's a 55% chance that they stay in church. Yep, I agree with that 100%. They watch what we do. They hear what we say. You ever heard the old saying, my mom used to tell me this, do as I say, not as I do? Yep. Do as I say, not as I do. My dad tells a story about him robbing bees one time. Not robbing, I'm sorry, putting a swarm in. He's putting a swarm in. And I asked my dad, I was a little tiny fella. I asked my dad, I said, where do them bees go in the winter? And he said, Florida. And I was amazed. I was just in awe. And then he had to get off the ladder and tell me the truth. <laughs> so he said, stay right here. He tells that story all the time. We, we hang on to that. We grasp these little things that, that our parents, our grandparents tell us. We hang on to those things. And we take them as the gospel growing up, don't we? Yep, I did. I sure did. At the baptism, the father proclaimed 
to the Son, his great pleasure in him. He says, in whom I am well pleased. That's showing love. I'm pleased. I'm happy with what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I am well pleased. He proclaims to him that he's proud of him. Tell your children you're proud of them. I don't care what it is. Now, I'm not a big fan of, you know, you come in 17th place in the t-ball tournament that you get an award. I'm not a big fan of that. That's, I don't like that. But you at least need to tell them that you're proud of the effort they put into it. Proud of what they've done. Proud of trying. That's what I'm proud of is when they try. Whether they fail or succeed, what matters to me is they did try. I'm proud of that. God the Father, when heaven opened up and he looked down, he said, I am well pleased in what you're doing. He didn't say thank you, John, but I'm sure he probably was thinking the same thing. Thank you, John, for baptizing my son. I'm well pleased in what he is doing. I'm well pleased in this baptism. I'm well pleased in this journey that he's getting ready to take because that baptism signified that was the beginning of this new journey, this new ministry that Jesus is getting ready to start on for the next three years. I'm proud that he has started out on the right foot. I'm proud of my son for this baptism, and I'm going to be with him for the, forever. I'm going to be with him for the next three years. He signified by that baptism that he is a believer. He is who he says he is. He is my son. That is my son. And I love him. He proclaimed it. In whom I am well pleased. He's proud of him. So the son's role on earth was to show us the father through his example. So when we see Jesus and we read Jesus in the Bible, we are to see God. We are to read God. Anything that's in red, anything in the New Testament that has to do with Jesus, we need to look at that as the father. They are one anyway, it's the Trinity. But he, everything he done was to reflect back on the Father. All the miracles, all the preaching that he done, when he stood on those steps as a child and he taught, we were to see God in that. Fathers, that's what our children need to see in us. Grandfathers, that's what our children, grandchildren need to see in us. They need to see Jesus in what we say and do. They've got to see Jesus in everything that we're doing and we're about. We have to. They have to. If they can't see Jesus in us, what are they going to see? Who are they going to see? How are they going to act? We got a responsibility that is out of this world. To be a dad. To be a father. To show that Christian love that, and be that godly influence on these children. We got, we got big shoes to fill, but we can do it because like we said, men, that's talking about God's grace. It is sufficient, and it'll allow us to do that. We're constantly teaching our children whether we want to or not. We're always teaching them. One of the little illustrations I read today, and <laughs> it fell right in with what Colin Jonathan was talking about him walking sideways a while ago, and it fell right into this. Listen to this. You'll like this has to do with the crab so you know it's fake but it says a father crab who was having a hard time teaching his son the right way to walk went scurrying it off the beach before too long the father crab again fussed at his son he said how many times do i have to tell you to walk straight stop walking sideways the son replied i will dad just as soon as i see how 
Show me how to walk, and I'll walk like you. Show me how to walk, and I'll walk like you. If that ain't deep, I don't know what is. Dad, show me how to walk, and I'll walk like you. You can't tell me that won't preach. Show me how to walk, and I'll walk like you. That's huge responsibility right there. If you stay on that straight and narrow, and you stay on that path that God has put you on as a parent, that child's going to be right by you. Growing up, coon hunting, I never led the way very often. We'd be down Bailey's camp, we'd be down Bailey's Creek, dogs would be running. My grandpa grew up there. He could put a blindfold on and go through them woods and never hit a tree, never step in water. I followed that man. I ain't going to say I could do it now, but as I got a little bit older, I could probably do the same thing he could because I followed in his footsteps. I learned those woods. I learned his traits. I learned a lot from him. Show me how to walk, and I'll walk like you. Rise up and be that example these children need in this world. I'm going to read you one last story, and then we're going to close out. It's about a preacher whose young son was very ill. He had stage 4 cancer. Been through a bunch of series of tests, and the, the dad was struggling because the doctor came in and said that your son only has a few more days to live. So this pastor was trying to figure out how in the world am I going to tell my son that he's not going to make it just a few more days. So the dad, being a godly man, he went off to a room and he prayed. And he asked God to, to show him how he could break the news to his small child that he's not going to make it just a few more days. So after praying, the dad walks in the room and he gets down with the son and he prays with the son. He reads a little scripture and he tells the son. He said, the doctor says that you just don't have much longer, just a few more days. And this is what the dad asked him. The dad said, are you afraid to meet Jesus, son? Are you afraid to meet Jesus? And this is what the little boy said. He said, nope, not if he's like you. Nope, not if he's like you. What do your children see in you? As a parent or a grandparent, what do those children see in you? I think that's pretty sweet right there. Not if he's like you. Show your kids Jesus. Choose to show up for your kids. And I told Maria yesterday, these three points are personal for me because these are three things that I never got to experience from one of my grandpas. When I said, choose to show up for your kids, I've got one that's never showed up for me. When I told you, choose to show love, he's never showed a drop of love for me. He's never even told me he loved me. And when I told you, be a good godly example, I can honestly say that I don't have one there. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. You show love every chance you get. You be that godly example, and you show up every chance you get for these children.
because they remember it. And when they turn 38 years old, they're going to remember when you didn't show up and when you didn't say I love you and when you wasn't there for them. Don't be like that. Always be there for them. Always be there for them. Stand up. We're going we're to close out. I hope that you men have a great day today. I know that I'm getting ready to go eat cornflake chicken and tater wedges with my family, and I am so looking forward to it because my mom's making it. She better be making it. She better be, or I'll boycott it. I would like to, you know, you know, shake and howdy and all that stuff, but we better not right now. Call somebody, text somebody, and tell them you appreciate them. If there's a man in, in your life that appreciates you,